Jesus said what? Meaning there's passages of scripture in the gospels where Jesus had maybe a quote, where he had a phrase, where he had a parable of things that he said and maybe the crowd responded in a way that they didn't understand or maybe you, as you read it, you're like, what does that mean? What does that mean when Jesus says this? What is the story behind it? Let's go to John chapter 10 and we're gonna jump around this passage a little bit. I wanna read verse six first. John chapter 10, verse six says, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Verse 7, then said Jesus unto them again. We'll stop. So, so far there's confusion. Jesus has said his piece. He's talked about his parable and there's confusion. They don't understand what he has said and then he continues to speak. Let's jump to verse 19. There was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Wow. Whatever Jesus said in this passage of scripture from verses 1 to verse 20 has caused confusion. It's caused controversy. It's caused division. It's even caused accusations to where people have said, this man must be possessed by a devil. This man must be crazy. They even began to ask people that showed signs of belief, why would you even listen to what this man had to say? Jesus spoke with power and he spoke with authority. His lessons were deep in truth and his lessons were not meant to confuse but meant to convict. His lessons were not meant to hurt but were meant to help. Yet sometimes there was confusion because they lacked belief. And in this passage of scripture that is very evident His goal, Jesus Christ, was to point others to the Father and do the work of his Father, which would be carried out on the cross and fulfilled as they laid him in the tomb, but he rose again. He overcame death. I love the scene every time we do it where Jesus Christ, we're singing the song and there's lights flashing and they end up on the tomb and Jesus Christ walks out. It gives me chills every time knowing that Jesus Christ has overcame the dead, that he overcame the tomb. He fulfilled God's work. So what did Jesus say that was so hard for these people to process? What did Jesus say that has caused people to step back and say, Jesus said what? Let's go to verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Tonight, as we close our series of Jesus Said What, we're going to tackle that simple phrase, I am the good shepherd. Let's pray. God, thank you for this evening. God, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the challenges that we've already received through song and Lord, just encouraging us to get involved in a ministry. Lord, thank you for our celebration service and what that means, how we're just able to celebrate what you've done throughout the week, the preparation that's gone into today the decisions that were made, the, the family that joined the church this morning. God, just thank you for everything that you have done for us. Lord, we're asking for your presence right now. God, we're asking for us to learn from your word. God, help us to realize that you are our good shepherd. Lord, help us to understand the benefits that come with that. And Lord, help us to apply truth to our life that will change us. In your name I pray. Amen. In this passage of scripture, Jesus makes two statements about himself in John chapter 10. He starts by saying that he is the door in verse 7. 
Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I love that Jesus is the door. He is our access to God. Do you understand that we have a personal door that we can walk through to be in the presence of God? Sometimes we think that the only time we can be in the presence of God is here on a worship service morning or on a Sunday night or in a life group segment, but that's not the case. You have the opportunity to be in the presence of God and talk to God yourself because of the door named Jesus Christ. You can do it in your car. You can do it at home. You can even do it at your workplace. You can talk to God because of the door, which is Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for the door that you have in Jesus this evening? Jesus goes on to explain that there is an enemy that is out to get us. Let's go to verse 10. Jesus calls the enemy the thief. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. And not just life, but that they might have it more abundantly. Just because we have the door through Jesus does not mean that we don't have an enemy. It does not mean that the thief is not coming for you. The thief wants to get you. The thief wants to find you. The thief wants to kill you. Ultimately, the thief wants to destroy you. This is what Jesus Christ says about the enemy. The thief wants to find you unprepared. Look, we know the thief is coming, so why not be prepared for the attack? Why not understand that he's on his way and understand how to fight the thief that wants to bring you down? Part of being prepared is knowing that the thief is coming. But not just that the thief is coming. Part of this preparation is to know that the shepherd is with you. Not just the shepherd, but the Bible calls him, Jesus Christ calls himself, the good shepherd. Verses 12 through 14, let's read that. John chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. This is important because this is how Jesus Christ separates himself from an ordinary shepherd. There's a shepherd and there's Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Verse 12 says, But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeing the wolf cometh and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Jesus explains that he isn't just someone that was hired to take care of the sheep. That he wasn't just someone that's been paid money to take care of the sheep. But that Jesus Christ has a personal investment in the sheep. That he has made sacrifices for the sheep. That he loves the sheep. That he genuinely cares for the sheep. And that he'll lay down his life for the sheep. He owns the sheep. This is very easy for us to understand. How many of you have ever rented something in your life? Ever rented? Probably a car, right? How many of you have ever rented a car? How did you drive that car? Like a NASCAR driver. No? Very carefully. Some of you are like, I didn't pay for the insurance, so I drove it very carefully. I know whenever I had a rental, maybe it's just because I'm a young guy, but I'm flooring it. I want to see what kind of power this car has because I'm, I may want to buy a car like this one day because I don't own the vehicle. I mistreat it. It's just for hire. Jesus Christ says, I'm not just for hire. I own the sheep. I've invested in the sheep and I love these sheep. He's created them. He knows them. He has a plan for them. He wants to direct the sheep. 
He will correct the sheep and he wants to protect the sheep. Tonight you may say, what benefits do I have of of the good shepherd? What can I learn tonight from this? We all know the thief is coming. It isn't a matter of if, but a matter of when. And in those moments of realizing that the thief is out to get you, realize and take comfort in the fact that the good shepherd walks with you. So let's examine this passage and a few others and let's learn three benefits that the good shepherd allows us to have from him. Number one is direction. Direction. The shepherd leads and guides the sheep. He tells the sheep where to go, when to eat, when to drink, when to sleep. The shepherd directs every aspect of the sheep's life. You may say, Michael, I don't really understand. Why do sheep need all of this help? How many of you know that when Jesus is explaining this, he uses a beautiful parable. He has three characters, really. He has the thief. Someone shout it out for me. I'm sure Mark will. Who's the thief? The devil. Thank you, Mark. All right. Who is the good shepherd? Jesus. Jesus Christ. And who are the sheep? Praise God. We are the sheep. Did you know that sheep are dumb? They are stupid. Thank you, God, for calling us sheep. Out of all the animals in your kingdom, you could have chose a dog, man's best friend, or a lion, how it represents power. You chose a sheep because God is a God of truth. So take comfort in the fact that you are a sheep. You're dumb. I love you. It's our Sunday night crowd. They can handle it, right, Pastor? You're dumb. You're stubborn. Sheep have bad eyesight. Some of you have bad eyesight. Dumb. It's one thing to be dumb because you can just kind of go with the flow and just kind of fake it till you make it. But when you're stubborn, you go against the flow. So not only are you dumb, but you're going against everything that God has lined up for you. God says that we are a bunch of sheep. And since we're like sheep, we need a a shepherd. You see, sheep will even eat until they drop. They will continue to indulge themselves in what they think that they need. Humans are a lot alike. We indulge in our flesh. We think that we need it and we'll indulge in it and it will destroy us. I love John chapter 10, but I also love Psalms 23. I love that we can look at a passage of scripture and cross-reference it. And we can see these two passages that support each other, Old and New Testament. Isn't it neat how God has aligned his word in such a way that it all fits together? And the old supports the new, almost like God knew what he was doing. Yeah. I love God's word. John chapter 10 is great, but let's go to Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23. And David is the author here, and he's talking about his good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms chapter 23, and we'll read three verses. Verse 1, a scripture that most of you probably know. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is powerful stuff. David is declaring that the Lord Jesus Christ is his shepherd. Notice what this means for David. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. I have everything I need, everything I need to fulfill what God has called me to do. If you're following the shepherd, 
you will realize that you have everything you need. Because God has directed you to where you are, so he has given you everything you need for what he has called you to do. If you are in the place that God has put you, he's directed your steps, you've trusted in him, you've acknowledged that, and you've followed him to this position of your life, you have everything you need. Because God has led you there. The shepherd has brought you there. The shepherd would take care of the sheep and lead them to a pasture when they needed to eat, would lead them to water when they needed water. God has put you where you are for a reason, and you have everything you need. I love what I get to do here in ministry, what God has called me to do, to preach his word, to work with teenagers. And throughout my life, I know I'm still young, 27, there's been times that I've pulled up my app for my bank, and I might have been broke, but I wasn't poor. Because poor is a mindset. I was rich through Jesus Christ and what he has given me. And there may have been times that I didn't know where, the, the next, where, where I was going to pay for these things. But I wasn't poor. Because it's a mindset. I was rich in Jesus Christ because I understood he has called me to college. He's called me to ministry. And he's going to take care of me. And maybe right now you're, you're in a situation and in the valley Understand, God is leading you through. God is walking you through it. The problem is we don't realize that we have everything we need because we don't trust the shepherd enough to lead us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Here's what I know about God. God does not lead those who want to direct their own lives. God cannot lead those who are determined to direct their own lives. If you want God to lead, then you have to not only trust God, but you personally have to submit to God. You need to say, I am a sheep and I need a shepherd. And I'm thankful for the good shepherd that I have. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I lack nothing. I have everything I need because God has directed me to this point in my life. I trust that I have followed him here. Whatever ministry you're involved in, maybe he's given you a role to to work in the Easter drama. God has called you to that and you have the talent. You have everything that you need to prosper in that because God has directed you there. God directs you. The good shepherd directs. The good shepherd also provides correction. Many people don't like the word or the idea of correction, but we all need correction at time. In order for Jesus Christ to be our good shepherd and to fully take on the role as our shepherd, he must not only direct, but he must also correct. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Again, this is Jesus Christ talking. He shares a parable, and again, he talks about sheep. Luke chapter 15, and we'll read a few verses. Let's look at verse 3. Through six, chapter 15, verse 3 through 6. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Jesus in this parable explains that one of the a hundred were lost. Lost because we, we as sheep, 
tend to wander off. But the good shepherd left the other 99 in the wilderness to hunt for the one. Because when you wonder, when you doubt, when you struggle with sin, the shepherd just wants to bring you back in. The shepherd wants to correct you in a loving way so that he can celebrate with you. What kind of God runs after a follower that has ran away from him? A loving God, the creator of the world, our savior, our redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, chases after you. I love reading Adam and Eve in the creation story. I I know it's something that we just grow up hearing for those who maybe grew up in church, but just to think that Adam and Eve, God created them and they messed up. But God didn't say, I'm gonna send you back to the dirt that I brought you from. God chased after them because he loved them so much. Have you ever lost something? Anyone in this room ever lost something? Everyone's hand should go up. Do you remember the feeling of panic and desperation that you get? When you lose something, just your heart starts to beat, especially if it's something that's important to you. If you're like me, then you probably flip the house upside down or make your wife flip the house upside down as you look for this object. I remember as we were preparing for our winter retreat not too long ago, I needed to fill up the vans and I asked Pastor Chris if I could borrow his gas card. You remember that? You bled all over the gas card before you gave it to me. We were getting the van seats out and his finger got pricked or something and there was blood everywhere, but I got the gas card. And I went to Walmart to get like our 80 feet worth of subs to feed all these teenagers before we headed out on the winter retreat. And it was Saturday, the day before we left. We left Sunday morning right after church. And I have the gas card and I just put it in my pocket and it must have been in the same pocket with my cell phone. And you know our generation, we're addicted to cell phone usage and Facebook and texting. So of course, as I'm shopping, I pull out my phone and I lost the gas card. I could not find it anywhere. I ran into Liz Nolan actually and her daughter and I'm asking them, hey, have you seen a gas card? I can't find it anywhere. It has Fellowship Baptist Church on it. I'm pushing my cart around. I'm carrying bags. I'm looking everywhere in Walmart. I retraced all of my steps. I probably looked for an hour. I'm stressed. This is my first big event that I'm putting on here at Fellowship and I didn't know what to do. So I went to customer service and I asked if a gas card got turned in and my faith in humanity was restored because someone turned in that gas card. Now, did I look at the credit card and say, you stupid gas card, why would you jump out of my pocket? No. I kissed that gas card. I hugged that gas card. I thank God that I still had a job because that gas card was found. And Jesus Christ is the same way with his sheep. He doesn't just want to find you so that he can scold you, so that he can punish you. He is far more interested in celebrating with you than he is punishing you. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd of correction, but he does it in a loving way. When God finds you, he wants to celebrate. He is excited because you have been found. The good shepherd always looks for the wandering sheep. This is not just what Jesus does, but this is who Jesus is. Let's go back to Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23, and I'll read verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David says that even in the hard times, the shepherd is with him 
But then he says his rod and his staff comfort him. Do you have that picture up there of the rod and staff? In one hand, a shepherd carries a rod, which is the the smaller object that you see. That is used for protecting the sheep. That's That's his weapon that he'll use to keep wolves off and things like that. The staff is what he uses for correction. The staff has a curved end, which was used to bring the sheep back to the shepherd. The shepherd would utilize the hooked end and pull the sheep back to him. Notice that David doesn't call this staff something of pain, of correction. He says that it comforts him. The staff of the good shepherd. The fact that Jesus Christ constantly wants to pull you closer to him should comfort you. God is a God that wants a relationship with you. He'll work for the relationship with you. Are you working for the same? Pride will tell you that you don't want to be corrected. Pride will cause you to love your mistake. You see, correction is only unwanted when you're love or when you love your mistake. Correction is only unwanted when you love your mistake. Isn't it amazing that we often chase after what we think will fulfill our hearts, but it breaks God's heart? And we wonder, God, why can't I have this? Why can't I? This would bring peace to me. This would bring me happiness. This will indulge my flesh. You understand that God created your heart. God created you. He knows exactly what you need. Allow him to direct you and to correct you. It's amazing that if a sheep wanders off too many times, that the shepherd will come and find the sheep. Even if they run off multiple times, the shepherd will still leave his flock to find that one. Once he finds the sheep that has wandered off multiple times, he will actually break the sheep's legs and he will carry the sheep home. After the sheep heals and is able to walk, then that sheep has learned its lesson. It will never, ever wander off again. Have you guys ever seen, if you could show that next picture, maybe in Sunday school growing up when flannel graphs, uh, not that one. Do you have the one of, there you go. This one. You guys remember this picture? Flannel graphs. Some of you probably still use those. That's all right. They're effective. But this picture, we often see it and we say, oh, look at Jesus. He's just carrying the sheep on his shoulders. No, he broke his legs because he wandered off and now he's carrying them home. This is the method of a shepherd. If a sheep wanders off multiple times and he hasn't learned the lesson from him just pulling him back to him, the shepherd has to take the next step and break the legs. I don't want broken legs in my life, but I would much rather have broken legs than a broken life. Broken legs heal a lot quicker than a broken life will heal. And Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, may have to step in and he may have to break your legs. But the greatest part is not just the fact that he breaks your legs. I mean, I'm thankful that he cares enough to do so. But he carries you home. He doesn't break you and leave you, but he breaks you and he stays with you. And he helps you. This is what the good shepherd does. God just doesn't want to correct, but remember, he would much rather celebrate with you. When God corrects you, he does so for your own good. The good shepherd directs, The good shepherd corrects. And lastly, number three, the good shepherd protects. Let's go back to John chapter 10. 
And we'll pick up in verse 11, the first verse that we read, and we'll read through the end of the parable. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeing the wolf cometh, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep. And am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And that's why we do Easter. That's why we are here. To bring others to the fold. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me. Because I lay down my life. That I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus, the good shepherd, says that I love my sheep. I know my sheep. I am not some hired hand, but I own them. I've invested. I will even take it a step further, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. And you better believe that when the wolf comes, if a thief comes, if the enemy shows up, That the good shepherd is not fleeing, that the good shepherd is not running, that the good shepherd is not cowering, that the good shepherd is not hiding, but the good shepherd is there to protect. The good shepherd, like I said, takes it a step further and even gives his life for the sheep. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 17 or 18 that he will lay down his life and that he will raise again. I think about the Old Testament. And the picture of sheep and shepherd and what it all means. In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, and don't miss this thought, the sheep would give their life for the shepherds. They would be the blood sacrifice which was required, right? Blood sacrifices, lambs, sheep, is what was necessary to make things right with God at that time. The sheep would give their life for the shepherd. But we're not under the Old Covenant because of the shepherd. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. The roles have been reversed because of Jesus Christ laying down his life for us, for the sheep that he loves. A week or two ago, a dad took his son to an Atlanta Braves baseball game. They were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, the season may be officially started, but this was more or less a spring training, a practice game. And they were playing, and you could put that picture up there now. As they were playing, the son pulled out his phone and said, Dad, I I would like to take a picture to send to mom. So he started taking some pictures of the field, took a picture of himself. And as he was doing that, uh, one of the players for the Pittsburgh Pirates stepped into the batter's box, began to warm up, and then he went to the plate to hit. The pitch was thrown, the bat was swung, and the bat left his hands, going right for that kid's face. His head was down at the time. He looked up right in time. For the bat to hit him square in the face. But as you can see, the person right next to him is his father. Sticks his arm out, stretches his arm out to protect his son. When I look at that picture, I see me. When I look at that picture, I see you. Jesus Christ has stretched his arms out on the cross. For us, Jesus Christ, in our day-to-day life, the good good father, the good shepherd, 
We don't know about it. Maybe in heaven, this isn't in the Bible, but maybe in heaven, maybe the, the, the curtain will be rolled back and maybe we'll see all the times that God stretched out his arm. When the thief came with a baseball bat and it would have hit a square in the face. Maybe we'll see all the times behind the scenes that God stretched out his arm and saved us and protected us. We were missed car accidents, missed accidents in our life, whatever it may have been, that God just stepped in and protected you. Because that is what the good shepherd does. People were confused in this passage. People were mad. Division happened. They didn't understand. They didn't believe that the good shepherd was Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight it's just a reminder to you that God is directing your steps. Trust in him. If he's directed your steps to where you are right now, you are exactly where the good shepherd wants you to be. You are where God has called you to be, and he's going to use you. Allow him to use you. Maybe you're at a moment of correction in your life, and maybe you're hobbling. Maybe your legs were just broken. God wants to carry you home and celebrate with you because he has found you. And thank God for his protection for all the times that he stretched out his arms for us to protect us.